All right, today I am joined with Roman uh, Bogomazov. I hope I said that correctly. And uh, Roman is uh, with us today. And um, he is a trader, educator, and newly minted hedge fund manager in the Wyckoff method of trading and investing, uh, which he has taught for more than 10 years as an adjunct professor at Golden Gate University and as the principal instructor at uh, wyckoffanalytics.com. That's wyckoffanalytics.com. I will put a link in the description below so that you guys can go to this website when we're done. Uh, he's the founder and president of Wyckoff Associates LLC, an enterprise providing online Wyckoff method education to traders throughout the world. Um, and using wyckoffanalytics.com as a thriving trading community platform, uh, Roman has developed a comprehensive educational curriculum covering basic to advanced Wyckoff concepts and techniques, as well as visual pattern recognition, uh, real-time drills to enhance trader skills and confidence, uh, he's a dedicated and passionate Wyckoffian. He has been he has used the Wyckoff method exclusively for his own trading, including Bitcoin. Um, he's been trading for 25 years, newly trading Bitcoin uh, with the Wyckoff method. Roman has also served as a board member of the International Federation of Technical Analysts and as a past president of the Technical Securities Analyst Association of San Francisco. Uh, so we have a lot uh, to learn today. Uh, I do encourage you to go to the website. I've got it in the background here. Wyckoffanalytics.com. Again, I'll put that link in the description. And uh, Roman, it is uh, uh, great to have you here today. If you want to go ahead and share your screen, we'll, we'll jump right in. Greg, thank you so much. And uh, it's a pleasure to be here and, um, you know, to be with your community and uh, figure out for myself um, uh, what your community is about, what, what your members um, are about what do they do? What what are their questions? What are their concerns? And obviously, you know, all everything about the Wyckoff method. So, really happy to be here. Awesome, awesome. Well, I appreciate you taking some time out. And everybody is interested right now, obviously, of of what Bitcoin is doing, where it's going, and the discovery of this Wyckoff method and the top that we've seen in this rollover and uh, uh, applying the charts and the method to what we're seeing in the markets now. So. Um, uh, so what are you seeing and how are you applying the method in terms of the current uh, market that we're in? Well, it's a very interesting question and it's, it's kind of, my answer is probably going to be a little bit too long. Um, so first of all, I just need to admit right away that I started trading Bitcoin too late. I started trading Bitcoin somewhere in February. So you can imagine what the perfect timing this has been. Right into the distributional top, uh, which I'll talk about later on a little bit. Um, but basically, you know, um, as a trader, and I've been trading for 25 years plus, um, you kind of have to know the character of the market. So when you come to the new market, it takes you some time. Um, so I've been kind of off um, and I'm always frank. I'm always straightforward with my students. I will tell you exactly where I'm making the mistake. The reason why is because I want to improve myself. So in order for you to improve as a trader, you have to look at your mistakes and analyze them. Not only that, you have to own them, meaning that you have to admit to yourself, first of all. And then if you have the guts to the whole world that you've made a mistake and only that will bring you to kind of like the place of the aha moment when you're going to say, oh, I see them, my mistakes and then I can correct them. Um, well, so you know, that's what I love about you. And, and for everybody watching, um, you know, uh, wyckoffanalytics.com, they do have a YouTube channel as well, 
where what I love is you go through your actual trades and show what you did right, show what you did wrong. And for everybody out there, what he's talking about is you want to log your mistakes into a journal so that you can create a set of rules and principles so that hopefully you don't repeat and duplicate those mistakes. So a lot of people make mistakes. They never acknowledge it. They never document it. And therefore, they have no rules moving forward in how to navigate the markets. And I think one of the reasons I wanted to bring you on today is I think a lot of people oversimplify the Wyckoff methodology. And, you know, there's been a lot of talk about it lately in the crypto world. And they go online, they see a few of these charts, a few of these principles, and they think that the principles are actually patterns that can be easily applied to where we are. And it's really that simple where, in fact, it takes years and years and years of study and practice to perfect and, and be able to use the Wyckoff method. And even you as an expert are still making mistakes with it. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, I, and again, you know, we were talking with Greg before the, this interview, and I was saying how I hate this word expert, because to me, I know where I am with my skills, with my knowledge, and so on and so forth. Um, and yes, I do know um, a lot about the methodology or the markets. Um, I have developed a lot of skills that are really helpful. But to me personally, and maybe this is just, you know, like a very, very tough self-assessment, um, I still have a long way to go. And let me prove you this point. So Bitcoin top, I'm starting to trade in February, I'm bullish. So I'm going kind of like with the bullish calls to the upside. And to me, this whole area right here does not show a lot of threat. Yes, there is shortening of the upward thrust. This is a momentum indication where we're seeing that the progression of each swing up is less and less and less. But I could bring so many historical examples where that progression actually resolves in the continuation of the uptrend. Plus, you know, the volume signature and in Wyckoff methodology, we go into the price and volume analysis to such details. Um, so the volume signature is diminishing, suggesting that both supply and demand uh, are diminishing at the same time. So it's a non-threatening environment where we're saying that demand is weakening. And usually when demand is weakening, we are expecting some kind of reaction. So here is this reaction that comes and it becomes a change of behavior reaction. That's what we're calling something unusual that's going on. This reaction is so much more to the downside than the ones that we've seen here. Um, and then look at the recovery next. So if we, uh, and this is where I finally got into the reason, uh, rhythm of, of the Bitcoin. Uh, so if we look at this trading range, this was the most important bar in this trading range. And look how there are so many attempts to overcome this high. And there are failure after failure after failure. So around, around right here, around this breakdown, uh, this is where I called the Bitcoin to the downside. So this was one call. The second call was more about this capitulation bar. Um, and this was just based on the idea that we're gonna go into the climactic action. A selling climax is a capitulation event by weak hands or by strong hands as well, institutional hands that are trying to get out of this asset. Uh, so the call was that we're gonna have a day of maybe like 10,000 um, uh, in price movement in one day. So that was a good call. Then the whole environment of the most recent trading range was quite challenging. Um, first of all, you have quite a lot of volatility right here, uh, and then that volatility diminished. So that suggested, you know, some attempts to rally. And just judging by how the rallies unfolded, so for instance, this rally was very weak. 
this rally was absolutely non-present. So my latest call and actually the actual position was just basically shorting the Bitcoin right here at around 36. I'm still in this position as of today, correct? Yes. So you're so, still in a, in a short position today. Yeah. So what I'm saying is that <laughs> you could make mistakes, uh, but you have to figure out, first of all, your mistakes. That's number one. Secondly, Greg was talking about how it was oversimplified. And we've got a lot of you know uh, calls from the crypto community saying like, okay, well, look at this schematic that you have. It just like perfectly falls in, you know, into the Bitcoin pattern. And yes, it is. But you still have different variations where the Bitcoin could have gone up um, uh, from this point. The key is just uh, how Wyckoff would say it um, uh, 100 years ago, judge the market by its own action. So it's on this reaction and on this rally right here where we see in sign of weakness with the supply emerging, and then the expansion of the result to the downside, and then the latest inability into the lower high as a failure to overcome a specific level, and then the breakdown after that. So that was, uh, you know, by the sequence of analysis that we usually go through. Right. So where do you think the broad accumulation took place to get to the distributive top? Okay, well, accumulation is going to be always at the bottom, right? So we are, we definitely have this, you know, COVID event right here where there is a lot of source of funding where everything was sold uh, into the last leg of COVID-19 reaction. Gold was sold, stocks were sold, Bitcoin was sold, commodities were sold, and so on and so forth. So people are raising cash at this uh, point. Right. And by people, I mean institutions, obviously. Um, and then after that, uh, we have an accumulation on the way up. So it's a very interesting concept. Usually we accumulate horizontally throughout you know, a certain period of time. But when we go into extremely oversold condition, accumulation could happen on the way up. And then after that, we are reaccumulating, meaning that somebody's taking profit uh, at the initial phases of the trading range. And then through the process of consolidation, we're seeing how... Uh, uh, some profit taking leads to the liquidity events that uh, invite institutional buyers in and they consume that supply. And with that, uh, absorption happens and the price starts to go up. So uh, the key for us was a couple of places. Um, here and here, uh, these are the two places where we are making calls to the upside. Everything else was a call uh, over the continuation. And then, you know, the call to the downside right here. So fast forward to where we are uh, recently in this um, sideways accumulation pattern. And what's going on here? Because a lot of people were assuming that we've completed the Wyckoff distribution and that we were now going to consolidate and then spring up and get back to, if, if not where we were from a high, you know, to 100,000 beyond. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so first of all, uh, let's establish a couple of things. Uh, if we are Wyckoff analysts, um, we need to understand the background. And by the background, it's basically the trend. What is the current trend in this trading range? So 
the trend is definitely down. So we would be thinking right away that the um, uh, trading range is the redistribution, and this is very important, to be confirmed or to fail. So this is what I teach my students, that um, you have to assume initial background and then look for the evidence that supports this idea or maybe for the reverse evidence that does not support this idea. And so far in this trading range, we're seeing the supporting evidence of the continuation to the downside. Why? Uh, well, after the climactic action, which we call the selling climax, it's gonna be associated uh, with, on the, on the chart, it's gonna be shown depicted by expanding volume signature, uh, expanding acceleration down, expanding momentum, uh, to the downside, spread, um, panic. Um, this is where a lot of hands are giving up their positions. Um, then automatic rally that suggests that now we are done with that down move and we're gonna go into a trading range. But look at the character of the trading range. What do we see? Lower high, lower high, lower high, lower high. This is not a bullish pattern yet. So somebody, you know, well, a lot of people in the last week or so been asking me, so what do you think? Is this an accumulation or is this a redistribution? Uh, and we're going down more. Um, uh, could you label this in Wyckoff terms? Where is your, you know, like phase C, phase B and so on and so forth. Right. And what I, what I say is um, you have to trade it. You really just have to rely on the price and volume action and just analyze and trade it without even thinking whether this is a redistribution or accumulation. Let me prove my point here. So for instance, this high right here, our call within this trading range was that this rally kind of changed the um, texture of the trading range. And from more of the volatility range where in phase A and early phase B, we had, um, uh, uh, heightened volatility. We're going into the environment where volatility actually goes down. So this is more of a bullish indication suggesting that we're gonna attempt to rally. So what are the rallies that we're seeing here? Here is one rally. So our call for this rally was right on this bar right here. We said that uh, Bitcoin is gonna attempt to rally at this point. Is this a good rally? Well, it doesn't reach the new highs it has the reactions that are you know, quite deep. It doesn't have the expansion of the demand signature. So there are no active buyers. There are no aggressive buyers that are picking up some value. Um, and you know, with this type of rally, if it fails, uh, that would suggest continuation to the downside. So right here on, on this bar, we are calling it down, that we are done with this rally. And then on this bar, um, you know, I'm actually initiating the position to the downside just because this period right here of testing uh, of this breakdown was just so dismal. There is no lift whatsoever. Um, so uh, for now, it's continuation down until it reverses. So, and that's how simple it could be for somebody without any guesses, without anything, you just trade what you see on the chart. And I think, Greg, that um, a lot of the problems that I see in students when they come and they study with us, um, well, there are quite a few, but the first problem is that 
uh, we as people, uh, we make poor observations. And then we as people and traders kind of like make poor deductions based on those observations. So what we're trying to do with students is, is to build up their skill, observational skills and also deductive skills. Um, and this is, you know, hopefully this is an example of that. Yeah, it's really awesome because you can boil it down to, you know, it's all about the trends. And, you know, this is technically designed to strategically trade against the psychology of the investors in the market. Mm -hmm. Yes. And um, uh, Wyckoff methodology is um, truly contrarian, but also trend following methodology. Right. It just changes um, kind of your analysis just based on where we are in the price cycle. If we are in the potential accumulation and we're seeing the signs of heavy institutional interest, which we'll see in the increase in the volume signature with the price moving up freely um, and maybe overcoming some points of the resistance, maybe showing some bullish texture in the price volume uh, signatures. Um, then during the uptrend, we are gonna have different stages of the uptrend with different behaviors uh, because institutions are going to behave differently uh, during the uh, different stages of the uptrend. And with the distribution, we're going to try to recognize, and again, this is where the contrarian idea should come, um, uh, where value investors are starting to sell into the strength of the uptrend that stops the price from moving further up, uh, like we have seen in Bitcoin at the top of the formation. So the first initial selling was right here. Mm -hmm. um, it was very subtle. And just because uh, momentum was so high in Bitcoin and there is so much interest at this point, we still have some value for some of the hands. And with that, they are pushing the price high. They are pushing the price high. They are pushing the price high. And finally, they are failing here. So this was a big, big clue for us. So the key, and just come back to the observation and deduction is not to be necessarily right, but to make money. And sometimes it's a really, really hard idea to accept because we as people, we usually would like to be right. Mm -hmm. I love that. I love that. It's not about being right. It's about how can I profit from the trend? And let's, let's for people, I get that question all the time. So how do you define the trend? Very, very simple definition of higher highs and higher lows, lower highs and lower lows, because simplicity is the best. And I mean, later on, we go into complexity of what the uptrend is, how it looks, what kind of stages it has, what kind of uh, possible reactions within the uptrend we should have that are healthy, that are bullish reactions and you know suggest continuation. Uh, the same for the downtrend. Uh, but you know the very simplistic definition that I usually advise people uh, you know, to have. And this comes from the conventional technical analysis is a higher highs and higher lows, lower highs and lower lows. Right, it's that simple. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, and um, again, uh, our education is kind of, uh, maybe starts with the simplicity, goes into the complexity and then comes back into simplicity again. What I truly believe, Greg, is that, and um, I, I'm learning this almost each day, um, even such a simple definition as an uptrend, higher highs and higher lows, sometimes you have to go through some kind of experiences to understand what it really means. And I know it, 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 
if it's kind of going to land as an idea here, but that's why I'm talking about you have to understand this on the very simplistic level first. Then you have to go and understand it in more details. Well, what, is, what, what does it mean higher high? Um, and how do we get there? And where does it stop? And what kind of reactions we're going to have from there? And what kind of character of that reaction we could possibly have? And what kind of science of the reversal out of that short-term reaction as a continuation into the uptrend we could have? So there are quite a lot of complex issues there to discuss. But from that complexity level, then you can come back to a very simplistic definition of the uptrend and just use that. Yeah. It, and it is frustrating you know, to, to try to get that right on the trades of you, as you've experienced. I'm a macro um, investor. I trade with the trends on bigger moves. So I'm not right. in and out of the little moves in the market, you know, more bottoms and tops and, and things like that. Yes. Um, so from an institutional standpoint of a, of a hedge fund, so one of the things they do, right, is, is accumulate sometimes at higher prices um, trade the momentum, trade the action so that they can reduce their basis and then mark down uh, moving forward. Is that correct? Yeah, for sure. I mean, our fund is more of kind of like, uh, you know, um, long-term fund. Yeah, I would say that we're definitely in a lot of momentum stocks, but how could you not be from the 2020 COVID low? I mean, like mm -hmm. everything is momentum. I mean, right. you, you take even like the stocks that are um, just a regular economy type of stocks, not the high momentum stocks. And they still are producing such a great, you know, return. Um, but um, 2021 is different. Um, 2021 is more bifurcated, uh, where we have the rotation from value to, uh, uh, from growth to value. And uh, that kind of changes the landscape uh, of your selection. Uh, you have to be extremely, uh, more selective. Uh, you have to understand how the, uh, uh, you know, uh, how the macro picture is unfolding. Yeah, it's very interesting, very, very fascinating asset with the institutional eyes and hands that are in the game now. And what's interesting to me is um, one of the things that I look at is, you know, just because Bitcoin traded at 65,000 mm -hmm. uh, that is now trading at 30,000 doesn't necessarily mean it's cheap. How do you feel about that? Oh, absolutely. And, and I think that uh, potentially, and until we actually reverse and produce some kind of change of behavior from bearish type of behavior to a bullish type of behavior, I'm still going to be betting that it's going to go down. Um, and uh, my uh, idea for this latest trade is that it's going to break the selling uh, uh, climax low at around 30,000, and we're going to see the prices below 30. Um, uh, and uh, I don't know exactly where we're going to go. I have some targets here, uh, red zone right here, which is around the selling climax and secondary test, the testing of this. We are right in this area. So this low, this low, and we are right here. Uh, so I'm just kind of checking today in the morning, um, my time, uh, how the price is behaving right here. But there are lower targets. You know, as you could see on my screen, there are targets that are below 30,000. Whether the price will go there, I don't know. But I'm just following the trend and I'm just judging the market by its own action only. So does this look like we're potentially in a phase E if you wanted to look at the phases of, of a Wyckoff method? Yes, and phase E is just basically a trend, right? Either an uptrend or a downtrend. So we have a lower high area right here was the trading range, which we would 
going into the complexity of it, we could label like this, phase A, phase B, phase C, phase D. And then we are in the downtrend. Then we stop again, like we did here, selling climax, automatic rally, secondary test, secondary test. This is a very important uh, element, you know, the apex formation, triangle formation, usually triangles are continuation. Um, and at this point, I would be assuming that phase C, where the downtrend starts, um, was this latest low. Um, and I think that we should try to retest the selling climax low right here. So for now, yes, we're in phase E or we are uh, in the downtrend. Uh, and this could continue to repeat through those areas and not necessarily, I think a lot of people are looking for a definitive E, it's heading one way and then we spring. So this, this could potentially repeat this pattern as you're working your way down, correct? Yes. Um, and by the way, one, one of the things here is that um, even if you think that this is an accumulation or if you think that this is a redistribution, um, the reaction from this high is still to the downside. And this is the beauty of this, that you don't have to know exactly what the whether it's accumulation or a redistribution. Uh, you just know that you're gonna have a reaction and at least at the minimum is gonna go into the vicinity of the previous stop in action. But mm -hmm. then when um, you know this move stops, so let's say that this move stops at 31 and then it goes up like this, then you're gonna say, yeah, there is a change of behavior right here. So now we are, a little bit more definitive on the bias, especially when we're gonna overcome this stride uh, of this triangle uh, of this resistance. So uh, once we're breaking out, then that's gonna be considered the change of behavior. But if we go down and we go down significantly and then we recover and we can't recover you know, to the higher levels, then we're gonna know that the weakness still persists and we could have a continuation to the downside. A good example of this would be anything what we've seen, let's say, uh, since the top um, in 2017. I mean, look how uh, gradually the distribution takes place. First at the top of it, uh, with a major sign of weakness, last point of supply, and then another sign of weakness, and then we stop. And it seems like, yeah, we've changed the behavior, but look what happens next. And this is very analogous to what is happening right now. Mm -hmm. Lower high, lower high, lower high, lower high, lower high. What does it tell us? I mean, it's such a simple pattern, visual pattern, but there is a lot of complexity behind the idea of what it means. Why does it do that? And obviously the whole idea here is that even if there are some buyers, they are unable to create a sustainable bullish behavior. It's only temporarily that we have the rally that always fails. So what does it mean in terms of the buys and in terms of the continuation of the downtrend? More to the downside. And that's basically the simplicity of it. But again, to kind of come to this level, unfortunately, I have to teach the complexity of the methodology so that people would understand how simple it could be. Exactly. And that this could continue for some time. I think a lot of people are thinking we're going to reach a bottom fairly soon and then we're going to be, uh, you know, back off, uh, you know, to a correction again. And this could go on for months and months. And that's why, you know, you kind of describing the very interesting sentiment that I'm also hearing, you know, from our uh, Discord crypto members and just, you know, crypto traders that not 
a lot of them capitulated in this move down. And I still right. have friends that actually do own Bitcoin and they hold on to it because in the last cycle, they sold on the way down and then they regretted it. So now they are holding on to that. So what does it mean to us? It means that the sentiment of, you know, trade is that we would say that, you know, uh, kind of like, uh, I don't want to put any, you know, bad names, but let's say less, uh, not professional traders. Right. right? So um, their sentiment is still to hold. They need to capitulate in order for us to say that there was a general capitulation where everybody said, get me out, and that would be the low. And I didn't feel it yet. I felt that the latest low, uh, which we had into the climactic action, was more about institutional capitulation. Mm -hmm. uh, like, you know, uh, Elon Musk getting into the position and then getting out of the position. Um, and I'm not saying that he had produced this down uh, move. No, that's not what I'm saying. I'm just looking at his trade. And he basically recognized that there is something on the horizon that is not going to be very bullish for Bitcoin. And he got out. The markets are always right. Absolutely. Well, you know, it's really interesting. I had lunch with a friend the other day and uh, we had this very conversation before this sell off. So this was last Friday and we were sitting and we were having the discussion of what, what should he do? Should he sell his portfolio now? Should he wait? And, you know, we had that discussion of, of what to do. And he had been a long time holder. He, he's been, in fact, he's the guy that introduced me to cryptocurrency back you know, four or five years ago when I started um, uh, getting involved in, in, in investing and trading. And, um, you know, he'd held through, uh, missed the top, uh, thinking it was going to come back. And, you know, here we are bouncing around and he, he'd lost, you know, like everybody else, a yep. good percentage of that portfolio. And, and I think he finally did decide to go ahead and go to cash for a little while and, you know, just wait this out in the worst case scenario, get back in at your basis. And, uh, um, and I think you're absolutely right. We're seeing more institutions that are, that are selling now. Uh, I can't remember who it was the other day. One of the, one of the funds sold and um, made some money. They took their profits and, and they got out. And I think there's a lot of people that aren't sellers now that um, as we continue on this path, you know, will become sellers here at some point. Um, and, you know, it is Bitcoin. This whole pattern could reverse. But I think, I think now it's a different game. You have, to, as an investor, if we're talking about not trading, but investments, mm -hmm. if, if you're a long-term investor, you really, really have to assess your risk here. Uh, what is your risk? What are you thinking in terms of the Bitcoin for the next, let's say, like, you know, three years, five years horizon type of thing? You know, do you believe that this will be the future? Um, you know, if that's the case, then you're probably going to hold on to this. My suggestion to those people who are holding on to this is to have some kind of hedges uh, against their main position. Um, and hedges usually work really nicely because let's let's imagine that I'm holding a considerable amount of Bitcoin. Um, if I could uh, establish a hedge at the place of the breakdown and to save myself the money that would be equivalent you know, of the loss um, that I would gain in this hedge uh, trade, then I'm doing a really good job. Uh, my cost basis, um, um, uh, on, on the unrealized gains is still going to be somewhere where I'm establishing the hedge. So it's as if I'm freezing my equity line at 56,000 or something mm -hmm. like this. So that would be my advice, you know, to a long-term investor. I, I don't usually, 
you know, kind of like tell people, oh, you should reverse your mentality about the Bitcoin. No, you should protect yourself with the vision that you have for Bitcoin. And I think that's a much better strategy than just, you know, like uh, completely getting out and, um, you know, uh, kind of undermining your investment uh, philosophy if you're holding for years and years and years Warren Buffett title holding. Right. And, uh, you know, like you, like you said, I mean, long-term investors, number one, you have to prepare for when do you need liquidity? Cause you're going to need it sooner or later. Um, mm-hmm. You're making the investment because you have, you have a future that needs to be taken care of from a financial standpoint. So you have to protect that. And also you want to accumulate more. So if you're a long-term believer in the asset, your goal should be to accumulate more so that you have uh, even more of the asset down the road. So you take profits at the top, reinvest at the bottoms um, yes. and and build your holdings through time. And I think that's where some people, you know, unfortunately just don't see that or understand that methodology of a long-term investor. And some of the greatest investors of all time, Warren Buffett included, that's what they do. They take profits at the top, they get in and, and build their holdings uh, on the downtrends. And you could, you could construct the model or your system uh, around that. So for instance, I mentioned like this point right here, you could establish the hedge. But for instance, this point right here, where we are breaking down really, with this hedge on, you could take off uh, and scale out your main position. And what this does is you decrease your size, so you decrease, decrease your risk and your hedge is on and that becomes a short position and you're basically uh, losing less and then you're making money on the hedge. Um, so at least you're not uh, damaging your main uh, principle, um, you know, and you're not damaging your unrealized gains. Um, so just think about this guys, you know, as you're listening to this, um, you, know, would, you know, does your long-term strategy has some kind of uh, hedges that are helpful uh, in preservation of capital. Exactly. Well, Roman, you've been extremely generous with your time and sharing your wisdom with us today. Years and years and years of wisdom in the markets. Uh, Is there anything else you'd like to say before we wrap it up? Yeah, so uh, Greg and I, we've talked about um, how we also study um, investments and trading in general. So I just want to touch on this a little bit and really quickly. So at Wyckoff Analytics, I stress four things uh, that, you know, any trader or uh, investor needs to know. So first step is the knowledge, acquire the knowledge. And it's very interesting how people come to us or to other places and they kind of hoard the knowledge. There is only so much knowledge that you need to be profitable. So what I see in students is the tendency of um, hoarding and over accumulating the knowledge that is a good knowledge, but it's not necessary, uh, you know, to have all of it. Uh, And it's not necessary to continue searching for new ways of how to make money. Um, So at some point, I ask my students to stop doing this and to go to the next step. And that is the skill development. It means that I want them to see on the chart what we've learned in the class. And as I said, that usually observational skills are very poor for us. I mean, like if I would ask you, Greg, uh, for instance, if you got out today um, on the street, how many data points have you seen on the street? I mean, have (laughs) you seen a tree? 
Have you seen the leaves? Have you seen the colors of the leaves? Can you see the texture of the leaves? Have you seen how many cars there were? What are the models, you know, the colors? What people have you met? Um, you know, and I don't mean just gender, but I mean, like, what about their height? What about, you know, what they wore? Uh, and so on and so forth. So there are so many data points on the chart. It's like in life, you know, it's very hard for us to see the leaves and even to see the trees sometimes. So we need to develop observational skills and we need to develop deductive skills. Then after that, we need to go and create a process. The process is basically a step-by-step -step of what do you do each day, each week, um, and how do you trade? How do you um, make your investments? Uh, it is it goes into the selection, it goes into the watch list, it goes into the position list, it goes into what oh, probably one of the most important steps in trading, your post-trade analysis. This is where uh, you recognize the commonality of the mistakes that you make in trading. And this is where you bring up to your you know, emotional landscape, um, all of those mistakes. And you say that this mistake is consistent. So you create the ways uh, of fixing that mistake before the next trade and recognizing that mistake in real time as uh, these mistakes or the trade unfold. So that's all about the process. And then the last one is gonna be the mindset. And the mindset is a little bit tricky because a lot of people are educated on the importance of the mindset. But I think that there is um, an erroneous assumption that the, they need to start with the mindset. And maybe this is true. Maybe, you know, and I've tried doing this myself. I spent a lot of time on the, you know, mindset exercises um, 20 years ago and so on and so forth. But I've realized if you don't have knowledge, if you don't have the skill and the process, you know, you're going to fail one way or another. So you have to eliminate the first three steps before you start talking about the mindset. Um, this is a very uh, interesting and uh, topic for me personally, because I've been a trader and a teacher for years and years. Um, and this is kind of like my belief system as to how we develop as traders in the most efficient way. Um, so maybe we'll have a chance to talk about this a little bit more. Yeah, yeah, I would love to uh, have another conversation um, again in the future, and I'm sure everybody listening here will is, uh, would, would love to have you back as well. What I'm going to do right now in wrapping up is I'm going to go back to your website. I think what's really cool is wyckoffanalytics.com. I'll put a link down in the description. Um, there's a lot of free resources and materials, and what's really cool is you actually have an exercise that people can do where they can kind of look at the charts and then try to identify what they're yeah. seeing um, and, uh, and then they can go and, and do interact. And here it is right here where you analyze the chart and you can go vote on Twitter, what you think's going on, mm -hmm. um, so that you can work on some, developing some of these skills. And again, this is all free. And then of course you have courses that people can sign up for as well, if they want to really educate themselves for the traders out there that are, that are wanting to get serious about this, because there is a lot of opportunity, you know, wherever, uh, wherever the markets are going through something like this, there's tremendous, tremendous opportunity. And, and uh, in any business, any endeavor, whether it's real estate, entrepreneurship, um, investing in stocks, cryptos, whatever, that four-step process that you just put together is applicable in any endeavor to be successful. You have to have the, the knowledge, the skills, you got to apply those skills and you have to have the right mindset. So that's huge right there. And that transfers over into any endeavor uh, in life. Well, Greg, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. It has been fun. So um, until until the next time that we meet.
Yeah, thank you so much. And uh, it was uh, a lot of fun and we look forward to having you back again. Thank you.